Previously on Algoa FM Breakfast. James Blunt on Algoa FM Breakfast. You with Wayne Lee and Charlie T. On a Thursday, we call it Friday Eve. It's called Unstoppable. Now, uh, we put our conversation on a bit of a, a break. Uh, and we continue with it today. Hashtag own your life. It's all about being vaccinated, the vaccine. Some important information on our website as well at algofm.co.za. The last chat uh, we had to was a gentleman who uh, has created and came up with the first locally made antigen test that uh, costs, well, I think it was 150 rand or something like that. It They're was bus, really, yeah. really, really cheap. You can catch up on all of those chats and the podcasts on our website at algoafm.co.za. What we do want to know now is we, uh, well, we're on day number six of January 2022, is how some of the hospitals uh, coped during the festive season, particularly uh, with uh, Omicron being the new variant that came in as we went into the uh, festive season. Uh, we join on the line this morning, Andre Stradum, who is the Chief Clinical Technologist at uh, the Department of Critical Care Medicine at Livingston Hospital ICU. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning to you. Very well, and I trust you well. Good, thank you very much. Uh, Lee, you've got a question. I do indeed. Good morning, Andre. I'm just wanting to check. You know, the festive season is often fraught with trauma cases resulting in a, a hell of an influx at casualty and a lot of strain, obviously, on the public health yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. Do you th- yeah. yeah. So my question is, do you think that the doing away with the curfew and the return of alcohol sales during COVID added fuel to the fire? Well, I think that question, just about every South African will be able to confirm is, is positive, but I won't call it fire. I do know that we just saw a lot less trauma during the uh, alcohol curfews and, you know, in general lockdowns. So uh, we were worried about it. We were very worried, but um, miraculously, certainly the ICU survived the time. Uh, we were expecting over New Year a lot of trouble um, that we wouldn't be able to deal with, but we've coped. And uh, I think rather the emergency department sort of had a lot of pressure and stress on them. Because alcohol is a major driver, you know, if we if we look at what's happening, we don't want to talk about that right now, but it costs our country millions per annum in healthcare because of trauma-related, alcohol-related trauma. So that is a concern. So you're saying that you saw, uh, well, the ICU was it able It wasn't to, as bad. It, yeah, it wasn't it, as bad. Cope. You were able to cope. Is it safe for me to say that that was because you saw less people being admitted to, uh, to ICU with COVID-related... Well, well, these days, we, we, we've really made a call that uh, if someone is absolutely critically ill, they will then come to ICU. Um, and with Omicron, we haven't seen that desperate critical ill level that we have seen with the previous Delta and Beta variants. So that would explain rather that reason why the admissions have been a little bit fewer. But certainly down in the basement and the wards, we, we, have, got, uh, we have got patients with COVID. Andre, uh, are you guys expecting an increase in numbers after the festive season um, with families getting together? Well, also? Yeah, certainly. I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's been a lot more socialization, and uh, we know that this variant has a high transmissible rate, and uh, we're expecting it. But you know, after about six days, if people aren't showing any signs or or even if they're coping with it, well, there's no reason to present to hospital unless they are not coping, you know? So um, we'd expect that, though. Uh, let, let's just focus on Livingston being, uh, I mean, that, that is one of the biggest hospitals here in Alsa Mandela Bay. Uh, how did Livingston fare up 
uh, during the festive season. Let's just, uh, go, go back to November, maybe December, when the Omicron variant uh, came into being. How did the hospital cope? Was there a massive Look, influx of people? Yeah. Did we see yeah, different I can't, things? I can't comment on, on other departments. Okay, Other departments have had their own pressures. Um, the casualty, uh, POC, certainly had their own pressures. But in terms of ICU, uh, we saw a reduction. The cases that we were seeing coming through were incidental. So someone would have a motor vehicle accident and then they get tested anyway once they're in hospital. And there we found out that they actually were COVID positive. So we had to deal with that. But, um, but no, the, the cases definitely became less and we dealt with that very, very well in ICU. Are you able to share with us in terms of the ones that were being admitted to ICU with COVID, what symptoms were they displaying? Well, by the time you're admitted to ICU, you're displaying symptoms that if not treated, you will die. So it's scenarios where patients just cannot oxygenate. They fail to get oxygen to their mitochondria. In other words, the basic survival. Uh, their circulation shuts down literally. They end up with clots, which has been probably one of the biggest worries that I think people who are not keen on vaccination have been concerned about, um, the speed of the way that vaccines were you know, developed, that sort of thing. But I'm sure you guys have discussed that uh, on previous talks. Andre, speaking of which, what would your message be to someone who is vaccine hesitant? Oh, man, how time have you got? <laughs> you know, the, the truth is one has to honor it and you have to respect people's feelings about this. And, and what we've seen is that the more you sit down and just talk to people about the logic behind this, and, and the world of, of media has driven such a negative campaign towards vaccination. Now, I can give you some stats that, that could scare you if you consider that we'd probably all be walking with some form of polio or having people with polio in the family if it wasn't for vaccinations. You know, uh, people are very worried about the speed with which this vaccine was uh, was developed, but when you consider the money that was spent, uh, the world authorities that got involved, uh, the fact that coronavirus has actually been around, wait for it, I don't know if people know this, since 1965, the fact that thanks to HIV, we were able to develop mRNA to look at DNA uh, in terms of vaccination, to, to have a much faster process. And I'm not surprised that we were able, in fact, I thought it would be a lot quicker that the vaccines would have been developed. Um, the, the concern was really always with any research that you need a population base of people who are suffering from a specific disease to then include them in your trial. And uh, at any given time, we had millions of patients available, you know, so uh, there was no problem with that. So everything was at super speed because it was ideally set up for that. It was almost a classic scenario of the perfect the perfect vaccine development program. Uh, we'll leave it there. Andre Stradum, who's the Chief Clinical Technologist uh, for the Department of Critical Care Medicine at Livingston Hospital ICU. Thank you for answering our questions this morning. Good luck uh, uh, with the rest pleasure. of the festive season. Keep safe, folks, and get vaccinated. Bless you all, eh? Thanks, Andre. Algoa FM Breakfast is the business.